0: So yeah, I do believe that uh, uh, positive, uh, positive affirmations and quality time, I think, are two of the most powerful ways to deal with depression uh, and anxiety. Because the way I see depression and anxiety, I feel like they're, they're uh, different sides of the same coin. Whenever you see depression, you typically see anxiety.
1: Hey guys, thanks for joining this week's conversation uh, with Floyd and I on anxiety and depression. If this is something that you have been dealing with or know somebody who has been during this season, I believe Floyd has a lot of practical wisdom uh, for you to just put into practice and a lot of encouraging insight, uh, not only from the word, but from everything that he's experienced in helping others. So without further ado, I hope you guys are blessed by this episode. Hey God, I just thank you so much uh, for this time, this conversation, Lord. I, I just pray that you you bless it, God. Let it just be genuine and uh, just authentic, Lord. Um, and I just pray that your wisdom flows through for the people that that need to hear it, God. And encourage us, Lord. Uh, just encourage your people in this time. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen.
1: Well, awesome. I am here with. Floyd Bumpers, um, man, Floyd. Uh, I, I met you through a mutual friend. Um, uh, one of the big things that uh, that she mentioned was that one you um, you do a lot of counseling with an organiza- organization called Hope Connection Therapy. Yes. Um, yeah. Could could you could you share who you are, Floyd? And yeah, yeah. Can you share share a little bit about yourself?
0: You bet, you bet. Well, my name is Floyd Bumpers. I um, am a clinical social worker, and um, I started this uh, this practice, uh, Hope Connection Counseling and Therapy, because I felt like there was a real need uh, for Christian counseling uh, in my area, and uh, there are tons of counselors. Uh, In the world, but I have found very few that seem to have a Christian worldview, and so I felt that uh, we needed some. Fortunately, since I've started this, I've I've found more. But uh, I just feel that uh, people need to hear uh, from a Christian perspective. So,
1: taking a look at um, at the services that you do provide, uh, what what are some of those?
0: You bet. You bet. Uh, the services that, uh, the, that I provide are, uh, individual group and, uh, family counseling, couples counseling. Uh, so that, uh, th- those are the, th- those are the main services, uh, crisis counseling. Uh, so, uh, dealing with people that, uh, are in, uh, crisis, uh, c- crisis situations that need someone to talk to. So, uh and uh, i just again i just feel like there's just a real need for people to hear um uh, a reassuring voice uh a therapeutic voice from a from a christian standpoint so
1: mhm yeah can can you can you talk to us about some uh some of the causes um that anxiety and fear and depression uh, or, yeah, just, just some of the effects of those uh, certain disorders. I was actually taking a look um, through, through an organization called ADAA, uh, which stands for Anxiety and Depression Association. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're familiar um, with that organization, but they're a nonprofit and they're dedicated to the prevention, treatment, and cure of anxiety. Depression, OCD, PTSD, and co-occurring disorders. You know, through education, practice, and research. Um, but some of the some of the statistics are very interesting. Um, I mean, just a little bit of a difference between anxiety. Um, is that you know, like the difference between you know them is that stress is response to a threat in a situation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and anxiety, anxiety is a reaction to the stress. Um, I find that very, very interesting, and I think that's just the difference between you know someone who deals with just stress um, and someone who deals with anxiety. But a, a little bit about you know some of their statistics is. Uh, Just straight from their website is that, you know, one, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States age 18 and older, or 18.1% of the population every year. Uh, It also says that anxiety disorders are highly treatable, yet only 36.9% of those suffering receive treatment. Uh, people with an anxiety disorder are three to five times more likely to go to the doctor and six times more likely to be hospitalized for psychiatric disorders than those who do not suffer from anxiety disorders. Um, but you know, anxiety disorders, uh, from what they say, develops from a complex set of risk factors including genetics, brain chemistry, personality, and life events. Um, and and taking a look at the different types of anxiety and uh, and depression, I didn't realize that there there are so many different um, I guess you could say strains from from anxiety itself. Uh, you know, there's obsessive, there's OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, panic disorder, post traumatic stress disorder. You know, PTSD social phobia or social anxiety disorders it's it, it, it's amazing I mean they also say that depression occurs more often in women than men um, and so, you know some differences in the manner in which the depressed mood manifests have been found based on sex and age um, but but anywho I, I bring that all up because I, I believe that there are many people who Deal with anxiety and depression uh, and fear, whether it's on a daily basis or um you know just a moment a moment by moment basis. Um, and what are what are some ways that you have found through uh, through your counseling ministry that has helped people that that anxiety fear and depression what have you noticed that has helped them
0: i guess one thing that i think that helps um is to um have a have a support network uh i have noticed that people that uh, become depressed oftentimes tend to isolate and this year especially uh we've been uh kind of We've we've been in forced isolation, um, you know. Right. In fact, uh, just before this podcast, I was just reading how England is uh, getting ready for their second shutdown, and how uh, countries across Europe are are getting ready to follow suit. And I think that uh, people are when they go through periods of prolonged isolation, uh, it it tends to it tends to wear you down. And so I think that's one reason why we see a lot of people. Um, that we we tend to see a lot more uh, depression during these times. We tend to see a lot more pres- depression during winter months uh, or when people are in uh, forced isolation periods like solitary confinement. And I think one of the best anecdotes, honestly, is fellowship, uh, getting around other people, uh, talking to other people, uh, being a part of a support group or a support network, Uh, a church network, uh, you know, people that you can really uh, be yourself around, you know, just really honestly talk about what's going on in your life. Uh, And even though we may not be able to get together in large groups, and we may not be able to do some of the social activities that we're used to, um, I believe that social isolation doesn't necessarily mean uh, that we, we need to completely distance ourselves from one another. And so I think that's one thing that helps. Uh, I think it helps a lot actually. And so, uh, and I think too, reaching out to other people that are isolated, uh, especially people that are in the nursing homes or uh, people that are in uh, institutional settings, um, a lot of times really feel isolated because um you know, whatever the the government bodies to be uh, may not allow uh, for visitation. So I think uh, just a call, a letter, uh, an email, uh, something just to let uh, people know that, hey, you know, I'm thinking about you. uh, I care about you. And as soon as we're able, um, I want to get together with you. Hmm. That's good. Um,
1: It's amazing because you're kind of speaking on, a question that I had, and that is, you know, what can we do and how do we talk to those who suffer, uh, from, uh, from these, you know, these issues, anxiety, fear, and depression, and, and, you know, you're mentioning writing cards, letting people know that, that we're thinking of them, um, and, and again, you're saying, you know, social activity is one of the, one of the best ways, for people for people to kind of, you know, not focus on those things. Is that is that what you've seen
0: uh
1: benefit those that are dealing I with have, it? I have. I
0: have in fact. You know, it's it's interesting that um um you've probably heard the expression um uh that no man is an island. And I I truly believe that uh I truly believe that we were created for Social contact. We were created for intimacy. We were created for connection. Um, and granted, some people seem to need connection more than others. And it's interesting that you had mentioned that women tend to um, experience depression more acutely than men do. And I think part of the reason for that is that, especially in America and in other westernized uh cultures, that women tend to socialize more than men do. Uh, throughout, even throughout the, our lifespans, um, male relationships typically tend to level off in your mid to late 20s. And then uh, as you get older, uh, you find that your circle of friends gets smaller and smaller and smaller. But uh, it's even more so for men. Uh, but women uh, tend to have larger uh, circles of friends and tend to uh, socialize more intimately uh, than women, uh, than men do rather. And I think that during times of social isolation, uh, women tend to be more uh, strongly affected uh, by those times than men are. That's been my observation at least. Wow. Uh, what, <laughs> what, what is
1: your most successful um... I guess, outcome with the patient that has dealt with, you know, severe anxiety or depression. And what what were the steps that they that they took and how long was the journey for them? I know it looks different for everybody because, uh, like I mentioned, you know, it, a lot of it's caused by, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and uh, different events in life and sometimes genetically uh, and brain chemistry. Um but is there any case that really stuck out to you um, that wow, like they have really shifted their focus um, on on fear and depression onto you know
0: joy and peace? There are a couple of um, cases that stand out to me. One case in particular was of a young man, uh, very traumatic background. Both of his parents uh, were um, sent to prison uh, when he was very young. Uh, he was raised by his grandmother uh for a time uh but he very uh missed he missed his parents uh and so he would act out in ways and his acting out um, became so bad that his grandmother put him into a residential treatment facility um, and so that increased his isolation even more and then uh I think, uh, as, as, as you will, the straw that broke the camel's back in the negative sense was when his grandmother uh, told his told her grandson that she had met someone online and that she was moving, uh, moving a thousand miles away, uh, and this was this probably be the last time that uh, she would see him. Uh, and so if you can only imagine, you know, just the sense of abandonment uh, from all the family connections that he had. um you know, and just like he was just felt like he was lost. And I think the thing that really connected with him was the fact that uh, the people around him really poured into him. And it, it took a while um, because it took him a while to trust again. How do I know that you're not going to leave me just like mom and dad did, just like uh, grandma did? Um, you know, so he was so used to that. It took him a while to really um to really trust again, but once, um, I think the thing that was, that he, that really turned the corner for him was consistency, seeing that people consistently were there day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. Uh, and this young man, uh, eventually uh, aged out of the system and ended up becoming quite successful, you know? And so I think that, um, people seeing that, um, seeing that consistency, uh, that, uh, you know, we're in this for the long haul. We're not in this for, um, you know, for for a minute or two, or we're not here just to, you know, this isn't just a job, but, but this is something we really do care about you. I think once that really hit home with him, that's when we started to see the difference. That's when we started to see, wow, you know what, people really do care about me. You know, and maybe these lies that I believed about myself aren't true. You know, because he tended to think of himself as unlovable. And and I think that because of that, uh, he tended to treat other people accordingly. But once he saw himself differently, uh, with new eyes, so to speak, he saw the world around him with different eyes. And eventually ended up, um, to some extent, being able to forgive uh, his relatives. For, I'm um, and came to understand that you know it's like his parents uh, didn't leave him intentionally, and his grandmother he was able to forgive her to some extent. So that was uh, what I would call a success. Now, granted, it was years in the making, but but right. uh, it did come, and I think that that's uh, I think that's the key. A lot of times that I think that sometimes we want quick success, microwave uh, results. Uh, and sometimes I think things do come quickly, but a lot of times when you're dealing with uh, systemic issues, uh, trauma, uh, things that have happened, uh, you know, they've been going on for a long time, sometimes it takes a while to get at the roots of whatever the issues are and to gradually work those things out. But uh, I think as long as people are determined to stick with it, uh, those and their and their caretakers, I think that... Uh, you you do su- uh, see success, uh, in time. Right, right, and and this is,
1: this is the case that you you've noticed with uh, more so depression, yes. right? Okay, uh, the ADA, the ADAA actually mentions you know in younger children, depression is more likely to manifest as school refusal, uh, anxiety when separated from parents, and worry about parents dying. Um, going on into depressed teenagers you know they tend to be irritable sulky um, get into trouble in school um, you know frequently have comorbid anxiety eating disorders and substance abuse and uh, we we know that like through throughout childhood it's so important to have you know a father and a motherly figure uh, to be there for them And being that you know that he had those stripped, stripped away from him. And, and then again, his caretaker ended up leaving it. it it's like you said, the belief that he had about himself, you know, like, am I, in, in a sense, like, am I worthy of love? Like, you know, if they abandoned me, like, who can I trust, you know, who can I trust to, to take care of me? Like, and, you know, when that happens, I, I, I've noticed, you know, that there's a portion of our heart that we just right. close off you know, like we, we really, we, we don't, we don't trust, like you're saying, we don't trust people as much. And, um, and it's like, we don't know, we, we don't know how to heal from those things until, until, like you said, people actually show kindness and, and love for that individual. Um, and that's a, that's a huge thing when it comes to like the healing process of, uh, you know of, of just dealing with abandonment and you know love and I think it all falls down like you're saying to that belief you know just believing that that people actually do care for me um, that I am worthy of love and um, and that I am loved and um, man thank you thank you for sharing that. I noticed on on your webpage that uh, with Hope connection therapy, I saw that your mission is to help people find hope, healing, and freedom in order to discover their God-given value and purpose. And one one of the big things that I noticed with that is, you know, one you you bring in God into the picture, and and being that you know you're a Christian counselor. Um, you know, there's there's definitely a different side to, to how you how you go about uh, certain processes. I'm sure, um, especially at looking at the word and and when it comes to fear, God actually actually mentions uh, talks about "Do not fear." That that simple phrase. It said it said that it's it's in the Bible roughly you know 365 times uh, to fear not. And I think that right there shows that God wants to comfort us and exchange our fear yes. with His peace. Um, Can't how how I, I have I have some verses here that uh, that are mentioned in the Bible that that talks about. Um, you know, what, what anxiety does or what an ancient heart does. And it says, you know, an ancient heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. And that's in Proverbs twelve twenty five. What have you seen, uh, with, with within your practice, uh, the life changing words, you know, h- how powerful are words to individuals that deal, you know, with, Uh, with anxiety, fear, and depression, and what, what do you see, what do you see in a joyful person, and what do you see in, in someone who deals with depression and anxiety?
0: You bet, yeah, I think um, that, um, you know, it's, it's amazing what just a few words of affirmation can do for a uh, person. I have seen young people, especially, that would look forward to coming to counseling sessions because it may have been the only positive affirmation they received all week. You know, it's like hearing, you know, that someone actually thinks, yeah, you, you can do this. You've, you've got, uh, you've got intrinsic worth. You've got intrinsic value. Um, you know, you were put on this earth for a reason. You were created for a purpose. You would you, you don't just exist. You weren't a mistake um i think that people that have never heard that before uh it's like um i guess just to use the metaphor it's it's like uh, a drop of water to a thirsty soul if you will uh it, it quenches the soul that uh, it it makes them want more uh to believe for more to believe that uh, you know what maybe i can do do something worthwhile in this world. Um, and you know, I, I have seen, um, I've seen people just, just by a few words, just, you know, their lives were turned around. In fact, um, do you mind if I tell you a story? I know of a Please man do. once that, um, his, uh, he and his mother, uh, didn't really get along when he was a teenager. And he didn't really know his mother that well. He'd lived with his great-grandmother, and he thought, as soon as I have an opportunity, I'm going to go north. Uh, he was from uh, from Alabama. Uh, he had come north and spent some time with his mother, but because he and his mother didn't really know each other, uh, I guess there was a lot of conflict and turmoil, and she actually was ready to ship him back to Alabama. Which was very stressful and very harm, well, very hurtful to him, and she was um, you know just, just saying some very demeaning things to him uh, at this time. And there was a friend of the family that was over, had just come over at the time, and she, uh, he had happened over here, uh, this, this man's mother putting, putting him down, and uh, the friend the family friend pulled this man aside. And just told him just one, you know, just very simply that, you know what, uh, if you're looking for a job, uh, I know of a man that's hiring, he could get you on the local police force and, you know, just gave him some encouraging words, um, you know, talked to him maybe for like 20 minutes and that was it. The interesting thing is that man never forgot those words of kindness and, uh, those two uh, became lifelong friends. And when the other man, the the family friend, wa- was on his uh, deathbed, um, he was uh, he he was going through some, uh, some like Parkinson's or whatever. So his his mind would go in and out, and um, he this this the the younger man was at the hospital with the older man, and uh, the older man was being attended by a nurse, and the nurse asked the older man just out of curiosity, who is this here with you? And the older man looked at the younger man and said, this is, this is my son. And, you know, it was interesting that uh, that's uh, – and the younger man uh, basically tended to the older man like he was a son just because of those kind words. Wow, that's amazing.
1: Uh, by, by you just sharing that story, I'm reminded of Proverbs 15, 4, and it says this, gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit, crushes, crushes the spirit. And it, it, it just shows, I mean, another proverb even says that life and death are in the power of the tongue, and it shows how powerful words actually are um and and honestly it's not the word it's the believing about that word that somebody speaks over you you know um man and, and it's but in proverbs 16 24 it also says kind words are like honey sweet to the soul and healthy for the body um and it's it's amazing. Uh, I'm not sure if you if, if you've heard of uh, what kind words to a plant does, you know, but it it, it actually nourishes the plant, which is crazy. They they done like studies on it and um uh, and and how like if you cuss at a plant mm-hmm. or something, it dies faster. Just some some crazy crazy stories like that. But they actually did the same thing with water. Um, that if you speak kindness and and, and things like that the, the the frequency of the water is actually very calm um, but if you it, it, if there's rate you know raging words that are coming out, you can actually see the water like just shake more um, and I, I that was a few years ago that I heard about that and I was like you gotta be kidding me um, don't take my word for it but i'm
0: I'm pretty sure there's oh. a study out there. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. In fact, that. you know yeah. in fact it's interesting yeah, it you interesting. say that because I was just thinking of a of another um study that I had heard in regards to uh the power of words and the power of uh, positive uh, affirmations that um it takes three positive affirmations to overcome one negative comment. And so you think about how many negative comments just in listening to the news or in in terms of social media or, uh, you know, just in everyday life that we typically hear throughout a day. Uh, And so uh, even more so, that's why we need to be conscious in, you know, we we need to be very forthright in speaking uh, positive affirmations over others. You know, just simply because of the power that it it holds. Uh, in fact, it's interesting to me that, and uh, not, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but, you know, I find it interesting that God himself, uh, when he um, created everything, the medium that he used was words. That he spoke everything into existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he said, let there be light. And yet, and as soon as he spoke, Everything that was that exists came into being, and uh, it's also interesting that um, in the Book of Revelation there are several instances where um, Jesus um, would speak uh, to to like the churches that overcome, to the churches that will that overcome. You know, I will give a new name. I will, I will. You know, I'll do this and that. You know, there's something. Uh, that I believe that, uh, just even in a name that is so, uh, for, uh, for telling about a person, uh, and so that, um, that our, our names mean something, uh, in the eyes of God and oftentimes talk about or speak about our character, uh, in God, so, uh, yeah, I do believe that uh, the power of words is is incredible, and yet by the same token, and this was, you had mentioned uh, to give an example of uh, the negative power of words that uh, apparently uh, Adolf Hitler, uh, whenever he was um, oh, trying to recruit uh, young men for the Third Reich, uh, he uh, would actually have speakers underneath the uh chairs um uh, give his rousing speeches uh and people uh would you know hear this vitriol and they would uh respond to it uh and uh, almost get hypnotized by it if you will uh so you know and so yeah, I do believe that words uh words either uh just like the bible says uh, can either bring life or death people. Uh, feel like they're valued. People feel like they they mean something uh, to another person. Uh, it can give them a reason to to make it another day, to uh, to keep on keeping on, so to speak. To keep on pressing, pressing on. In fact, um, speaking of studies, uh, there have, apparently there have been many studies uh, that have shown that um, men that have you know like very hard. Uh, physically draining jobs, you know, like say they work on the railroad or in the coal mine or if they're a factory worker you know, or a uh, construction worker, you know, and they're physically tired um, but they know that there's a loving wife and a loving family waiting for them they'll gladly do that work. In fact, it's, it's like they're they're empowered, you know, because uh, hey, you know what, I am doing this to provide for my loved ones. I'm doing this to provide for my family. Um, you know, and it, it's like that, that work that would tear another person down. Uh, actually, the, another person is built up uh, because of the, you know, what they're, they're thinking of what they've got to come home to, I guess, if you will. But yet, yeah, uh, conversely, if wow. uh, they know that they're coming home to uh, bitterness and vitriol um, you know it's like uh, there you know it's it's drudgery, it's oh I can't stand this, it's awful um, you know, and it's like it tears them down instead of builds them up and so yeah, yeah so yeah, I do believe that uh, positive uh, positive affirmations and quality time, I think are two of the most powerful ways to. Deal with depression uh, and anxiety because the way I see depression and anxiety, I feel like they're they're uh, different sides of the same coin. Whenever you see depression, you typically see anxiety. You know, because typically a person is depressed because they're anxious about something, they're worried about something, uh, there's something that's going on, and they feel as though they have no control or little control. Over whatever that that issue is, you know, maybe it's a job issue, or maybe it's a family issue, or it's a relationship issue, or it's some some issue that they feel like they've got very little control over. Uh, that it's made them anxious. That anxiousness, uh, after a while, just morphs into uh, depression. So, two things that you that you were
1: talking about um, was was it, it's it's interesting how a man can work a very uh, strenuous uh, job mentally and physically, um, and maybe emotionally, but yet they they could they'll keep on doing it because of what they come home to, and that right there just reminds me of the words of Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty eight where he says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, yes. and I will give yes. you rest." Um. It, it just reminds me what are you coming home to um, it's it's okay it's okay first of all we, we I think we have to address it's okay that you experience anxiety and depression it's it, it it's not something that you, you're not crazy people are mm. crazy that deal with this you know and other people may make every other people may make you feel like you're crazy you know and just give you you um, give you little things here and there. Oh, this will help you out. Hey, hey, this song will help you out. Or yeah, they, they're very encouraging. But I, I I, do believe people need to know that they're not cr- you're not crazy if you deal with these things from time to time um, or often. But God, <laughs> I was I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, the gospel of Jesus, you know, you're walking right. in the gospel when you bring good news. And all Jesus ever brought was good news, and so this is good news for those for those who who are dealing with depression, anxiety. Uh, God, Jesus has given you words of affirmation and a place to come home to. That's good news for your soul. That's good news for your mind. That's good news for your body, um, because we we know we know that anxiety it affects the body you know, high, high blood pressure from worry and anxiety, um, uh, your, your heart rate increases from, from it as well. And, but what happens when, uh, when, when you, when you begin to rest, you know, and, 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 and rest in, in the words of Jesus or just, just rest your heart late. The word says, cast all your cares, you know, upon him, um, it sounds easy, right? But it it's a hard thing to let go of those things that 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 bring up anxiety. So that's that's one of the things. Uh, but the the other thing was was talking about. You were talking about anxiety again, and it reminded me of Philippians four six through seven, and this is Paul speaking to the uh, the the Philippi church, and he says do not be anxious about anything. like <laughs> let me say first and foremost, that is hard. <laughs> I mean people have bills to pay, people have mouths to feed, people have uh, bosses to please, you know and and uh, just the daily things in life. That's a hard thing not to be anxious about anything. but Paul says, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with Thanksgiving, I think that's a key word right there. With Thanksgiving, present your request to God, and catch this: and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts that's and right. your minds in Christ Jesus. Um, I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful depiction of of God of showing God's care for us. He wants to trade our fear for his peace and comfort and joy that's right which are some of the fruit of the spirit you know uh, and uh i i that, i think that's my prayer for those listening is that that yes. god actually cares for you god actually he cares for you and that's uh and in the word right here, it says in first peter five seven cast all your anxiety on okay. him
0: because he cares for you. You know something else too, John that just made me think of something. I think one of the best ways to do that, to cast all of our cares and all of our worries on God is to remind ourselves first of all of his promises to remind ourselves of how good God is and to remind ourselves of how he has come through for us and others in the past. And also to remind ourselves of what the word says that God said in his word that he would never leave us or forsake us. I think that oftentimes what we feed our minds is what determines uh, and dictates our actions. If we are feeding our minds on fear, fear is the way that we will live. But if we're feeding our minds on the word and on the goodness of the word, and we're feeding our minds on what the promises of God and what he said, that's the way that we'll live. Uh, And so it's not that uh, trials won't come. It's not that anxieties and worries and fears and all those things won't come, but that we won't meditate upon those things, but we'll meditate upon the one that will deliver us through everything. In fact, I rem- I'm reminded of something that Robert Schuler once said, a um, uh, great preacher from years ago who uh, uh, was the pastor of the Crystal Cathedral. Uh, he said that... Uh, the storms of life will always pass through, and the storms of life will fade away. Uh, the tough, the tough things, the tough times in life uh, will come and go, but the tough people of God will always remain.
1: Hey guys, I hope you're encouraged by this first portion of Floyd and I's conversation uh, on the topic of anxiety, fear, and depression. Join us next week as we wrap it up. Hope you guys have a blessed week and stay encouraged. Take care.